Welcome to KC Corner episode 163. Can you name another podcast that records during a hurricane? No, we're the committed ones. You know, it's amazing. In the eye of the storm, you know, here mm-hmm. we are, Brooks. I think we missed the eye of the storm. I'm looking outside. There's no branches, you know, swirling in the wind. The rain just stopped, so. Brooks, our listeners don't know that. They, 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 I think that we had, seriously, a gust of wind of seven miles an hour. Yeah. I, mean, I think it was... Uh, mm-hmm. There was some sprinkle. rain as I was driving over here. Okay, so there, there, was, was, there was a little bit of rain. Yeah, The, the, the roads were a little bit wet. Yes, so, uh, yes, definitely. Yeah, that, that's great. And yesterday, uh, Amy and I went to take the trash out to the, to the dumpster and walk it down there. And just a flash... The I, I've never been more wet in my life. Like oh it was like gosh. I jumped in the yeah, pool. Yeah. It just dumped for literally thirty seconds while yeah, we were walking down there, and then it was over. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. So, so uh, that, yeah, that, that was, was fun. That is fun. <laughs> so they note to self: have Amy take down. Yes, the exactly. And then you exactly. Nice and dry. <laughs> so, uh, we were um, we were running like idiots uh, uh, on the sidewalk there and just got drenched. Well, uh, it happens. Uh, you know, you, you didn't see it coming, so you didn't have a rain jacket or anything like that. No, just, no, uh, just, a, just, just a just a t-shirt. There. It's exposed. Just a t-shirt. Man. So, can you pronounce this hurricane? Adalia? Is that what it Adalia? is? Adalia. 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 Yeah, something Adalia. like that. Yeah. Adalia. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, can you give us a, a, a normal name? I know, just just something normal there. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's hitting the Panhandle area. At least it's you know not not a super populated area like Sanibel Island last year with Ian. Uh, you know, kind of the the exactly. armpit of Florida, I guess. Yeah, well, don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, when he says that, folks that aren't from Florida, that's the, kind of the bend. Looks like the arm. Yeah, so that's what yeah. Saying, I, I was I was saying that as the looks, yeah, not, the, not the look, where it not, is. Not, not where it is. But they also said it was not a very populated Taylor County, I guess, where it came in. So that's. Uh, mm-hmm. Not as populated as some, so you know what I was thinking of because I'm so deep is that what is Florida State doing? Because you know I'm sure they had to shut some things down. They got a big game on Sunday. Oh yeah, so, oh yeah. yeah. So it was decently close to Tallahassee. We'll see what they yeah. end up because I think they play Sunday. We'll see they what they did, end up yeah, doing Sunday down here in Orlando. Yes, yes, that's right in Orlando, so, which will be great. Mm-hmm. All right, well, here we go, brother. Uh, we so we are we're picking back up. We're in the just a cool section of Luke. I love this section of Luke. We are in Luke 18. Uh, through like 1910 we're going to finish up second timothy we're going to pick up uh, chapter three and then go into titus one uh we're again just kind of heart of the proverbs some great stuff uh, 12 15 through 14 and then we're going to wrap up nehemiah another book uh in the books mm-hmm. and so chapter nine uh through 13 so and we'll have the whole book of esther to look forward to next oh, week it's i know one of your book. favorites it's a great book. We, we could we couldn't just do a little sliver of it this week we have to wait for the whole thing exactly <laughs> you know it's too good to try to break up so it'll be great all right let's jump into luke let's and, do it uh, you know it starts off in chapter 18 with a pretty interesting story i love the wisdom of god and the teachings of jesus and some of the stories that emerge i mean who would have thought about a story of a persistent widow and an unjust judge? You know, mm-hmm. a judge who I, I I really thought it was intriguing the way that he is described. He doesn't care about people or God. <laughs> like, oh gosh. And how they make Pretty him black judge. And white there. Yeah, I mean, what 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 do you care about? You know, I guess. Uh, so um, anyway, this widow wants justice, and uh, the judge doesn't you know have the right care feelings whatever. But it's her persistency that gains her justice. And so mm-hmm. she just won't go away. And, uh, you know, it kind of the judge says, well, I don't care about God or people. But because you're persistent, I'm going to go ahead and bring justice, whatever that looked like for the widow. Um, and it kind of just reminds us to keep being persistent and that ultimately God will bring justice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
keep praying. I remember, Brooks, I remember hearing a, a sermon. It wasn't a good sermon. I only heard a tail end of it. And I really think it was actually being repeated to me from others that someone said, hey, once you pray a prayer to God, don't repeat that prayer because he heard it. You know, you're, you're, you're not having faith. You prayed it. It's over. He's got it. And don't pray it anymore. And I'm like, well, that smacks right up against this. You mm -hmm. know, there's not a day that goes by where I'm not praying for my family. I, I want to persistently pray for, you know, God's blessing and, and God's protection. And mm -hmm. so, but, but to be persistent and to pray without ceasing. And again, it's not that he's not listening. and It's not that he doesn't care. So why does he ask us to be persistent? There's got to be something in that that teaches us. There's got to be something about our faith. There's got to be something about our connection with him. Uh, that's what I could see. So. Yeah, I, I, though, I, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Yeah, just yeah. like this, this lady yeah. will not let me, let I'm, me go. I'm just going to throw her a bone. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, it's just driving me nuts. So then we have this, you ready to keep going? Yep. Uh, this cool story of this Pharisee and tax collector, both in the temple praying. And, you know, you see the arrogance of the Pharisee where he looks over at the tax collector and here's his prayer. God, thank you that I'm not like that guy. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I talk about self-righteous Turkey. Talk about a guy who here he is in God's presence uh, in the temple and he's elevating himself over those that he should be caring for, loving, and whatever. And then you have the flip side of a tax collector who can't even turn his eyes upward. I mean, mm -hmm. he's he's just bent over in repentance and, and crying out and beating his chest and pleading for forgiveness. And I love what Jesus says is, you know, the one who will be justified is the one who's repentant. Mm -hmm. and, you know, we just see that, you know, uh, repent and believe. And... I think it's important, Brooks, that we know he's not justified because of his repentance. The, but repentance and faith led him to Christ, where ultimately he will be justified because of what Christ has done. But, mm -hmm. but what a cool story. So, some stories you can kind of visually see more than others. And this is one that you, I can just clearly see with oh. someone just like, hey, at least I'm not this guy. And kind of clearly kind of peering over at him. And Absolutely. then a man just beating his chest like, Lord, forgive me. I, I, I don't deserve any of this. Yeah, yeah, I could see that too, which is really, really cool. I, I agree with that. That's a good insight. And then, and then at the, kind of the end of, uh, uh, it's, it continues as there's a uh, blind person crying out to Jesus mm -hmm. uh, um, and to bless him. And it's interesting. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> it's bringing the babies to Jesus yes. is next. Okay, yes. bringing the babies. Uh, bringing the babies to have Jesus bless them. And uh, I love that um, as we at King's Chapel try to bless our, our children every week and ask God's blessing on it. I love that fact that Jesus says, hey, bring him to me. And uh, uh, it's just a reminder. And, and then when he says, hey, they receive the kingdom of God like a little child. That's it. That's interesting. You know, mm -hmm. one of those ones, what does he mean by that? Mm -hmm. You know, so what does a little child have that we should have? You know, I think it's faith and wonder. Mm -hmm. You know, think of a little child at Christmas time, a little child. It's, it's the faith and it's the wonder. It's the childlike faith that, um, you know, not that our, our faith in Christ shouldn't be robust in truth and knowledge but at the end of the day no matter what circumstances have have faith and, and then 
that that wonder of mm-hmm. God is well, and, that, and that joy and excitement when all the kids in King's Chapel know uh, when it's the children's blessing time they sprint yeah. up to the yeah. stage yeah. and then when they're done they give you a high five and yeah. sprint out of there to it, the classroom it, yeah. and it, it's, it's awesome. uh, just childlike behavior it, but it's awesome it's it, just pure joy it is pure joy am I allowed to say that's my favorite part of the service yeah, is, yeah well, I, I, other than my preaching <laughs> yes yes you are it's uh, it's awesome and I got to say, every week coming up with, okay, what am I going to say? And there are some Sundays where I'm like an hour before go time thinking, okay, what am I going to say to these guys? But uh, then you got the rich young ruler, another phenomenal story. Do you know if the, have we covered that? We probably have in I Matthew so. and Mark. Yeah. But again, probably just worth knowing that he comes up to Jesus and calls him good teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus starts deconstructing the whole question and starts asking about, hey, why do you call me good? There's only one good, it's God. Uh, hey, do you know who you're talking to? You've mm-hmm. only called me teacher, but do you know that I'm the son of man, son of God? And so he doesn't bite on that. Um, and then he says, well, okay, uh, well, you know the commandments. Um, and then he lists some of them, the kind of the things that we're supposed to do toward man. Hey, don't murder, don't commit adultery, you know, honor your father and mother, don't be lying and stuff like that. And this arrogant one, this rich young ruler says, oh, I, I got him. I, I, I've done those all since I was a boy. And I, I love this reality. And I think it's important. I probably said this over the episodes, but why would Jesus, the Savior, point him to the law? Um, he asked a bad question. What must I do? to inherit eternal life. We know that you're saved by grace through faith. Uh, it's not a birthright, you don't inherit it, and it's not what it's not a working thing, you can't get it. Um, but Jesus points him to the law because one, one of the purposes of the law is to convict us of our sin, to say, oh crap, I mean, I've, I've messed up, you know, I mean, I'm a sinner. But it's the absolute opposite here. He's, he, instead of saying, uh-oh, you know what, I haven't really honored my parents, and you know what, I've, I've got a lot of bad things in my heart, He's like, oh, check, got it, you know, since I was a boy there. Um, So Jesus hits him at the heart of the issue and says, hey, there's one thing you're lacking. Go sell everything you got and come follow me. Remember, no one is saved through philanthropy. We're not saved because we give our stuff, our tithes and our offerings. But he he pokes at what is his identity, his treasure. And, uh, you know, the guy, it says he actually, he, his face fell. I mean, it was, that's the literally, uh, you know, it's kind of like, ah, oh. the Greek there is like, uh, he, he, you know, he can't do it. And so, uh, um, and he goes away sad. And it made me think of um, our deeper dive, Brooks, when we talk, we, we're reading through Piper's book now, um, Desiring God and, you know, Treasuring God. And, you know, is Jesus your treasure is one of the questions, not just is he your savior, but is he your treasure? Mm-hmm. I think that that's what Jesus is saying here. Yeah. I forget the term. We talked about it when we were covering Matthew or Mark, the term of the commandments that Jesus said. It's like what you said, you know, the commandments against man, do not commit adultery, do not steal, right. but obviously left out, have no other idols before me and yeah. the commandments towards God. And like you said, just, he's like, yeah, I, 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 I follow those. those. Check, it's easy. Check, okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm geez. good. I, yeah. I have eternal life. And then he hits him with the hammer. I know. It's, it's uh he really got at the heart of the issue, which was his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right on the heels of that, I believe Jesus again is going to tell his disciples about his death, you mm-hmm. know, pretty graphically, pretty like, hey, this is what's going to happen when we get to Jerusalem, uh, even a resurrection. But they just don't get it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the veil has not been lifted over their eyes yet. They don't have the Holy Spirit. 
It still didn't make sense. It's still a bit in one ear out the other. They just didn't have ears to hear yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to I want to rip on them. Like, how in the world did you miss this, you knuckleheads? But, <laughs> you know, then I realized, oh, man, I'm that knucklehead too. So. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked shamefully, treated mm-hmm. and spit upon. Mm-hmm. And after mm-hmm. flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. I can only imagine, like, what the disciples were, like, looking at each other, saying after they heard that, like, wait, what, yeah, what yeah. did he just say? You know, I, I can picture Peter kind of giving them one of these, like, closing his like, like, no. <laughs> just looking at the other 11 guys, like, he, don't, he don't listen to no, that. No, he's had a long yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. He's saying nonsense. He's right been now. having a little bit too much of vino tonight. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. But, uh. Uh, and then you have the blind beggar I was jumping way ahead to, but he cries out to Jesus, son of David, which shows some faith. I mean, he just calling him son of David is is giving him messianic title, like the long awaited king. And, you know, I love it again. I think we might have mentioned at one time, but Jesus asked, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. You know, you feel like you get a blind guy. It's kind of obvious, you know, uh, but... He gives him dignity. You know, he asks him, hey, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then your faith saves you, he says, which I love him. And mm-hmm. then um, anything you want to say about that? Because nope. we got we got to wrap up with Zacchaeus in 19. I mean, what a wee little man Zacchaeus was. <laughs> a, a short wee king. Little man, a wee little man was he. You know that song? Uh, it's been a while. He I've not heard that song in a long time. He up a sycamore tree. He wanted to see Jesus. Was, that's <laughs> not it. But anyway, so here you got this rich Little stature with a... A, 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 a chief tax collector a chief and was tax rich. Collector. Yeah. And he's short. And so you know he's got, you know, short man's disease or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know that he's like, okay, I got a lot of money. I mean, you might tower over me. And what does he got to do? He's got to scurry up a tree to see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that fact. He doesn't want to miss it. I love the fact that Jesus looks up, calls him by name. Mm-hmm. Zacchaeus, come on down, wee little fella. <laughs> I'm going to stay at your house today. I mean, talk about intrusive hospitality. It's like, uh, by the way, I'm I'm with you. And uh, uh, Zacchaeus is like, oh, I'm there. He has faith. He says, if I've done anything wrong, I'm going to pay him back four times over. Um, and that salvation's come. But it ends in verse 10, which is one of my favorites. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Boom. Boom. Pretty good. Boom. Pretty good. Boom. Zacchaeus you know, was definitely that. He found him in a tree, you know, to seek him in the tree. And, you know, where did he find each one of us? So, yeah, good stuff. Great stuff. On to Titus, a new book. Uh, actually, you got to go finish up 2 Timothy 2, don't you? Oh, we? yeah, 2 Timothy. Yeah, yeah. So, so right. 2 Timothy 3, some really, really good stuff. Verse 12 says, hey, listen, everyone who wants to live a godly life will be persecuted. I love the black and white of that, you mm-hmm. know. And I know one of the things I love about you, Brooks, uh, is that you've, since I've known you, you've wanted to live a godly life. You care about your walk with the Lord. You want to grow. You want to know more. And, the, you know, it's interesting. It's going to cost you something. You will be persecuted. Not everybody's going to slap you on the back and say, hey, that's a great thing. Uh, um, and I just love that that's the reality. Jesus was persecuted. We will as well. Mm-hmm. And so, um, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Well, I love it. You know, so remember, he's talking to Timothy, and that's Lois uh, and Eunice are his mother and grandmother. And he's going to say, hey, remember who you who you heard it from? And here, here's what's happened with, with Timothy, which happened with you and it happened with me. What you've learned and what you've become convinced of. A lot of people learn this stuff. They go to a Christian school. They grow up in a Christian home. They hear the stories, but they don't become convinced of it. Mm-hmm. But the grace of God for Timothy is that he heard him from infancy, infancy, 
but the stories became more than stories. It became reality. It mm-hmm. became his story. God's story became his story. And he got convinced of it. I just love that, um, that reality. That's going to go on and say, hey, by the way, all scripture is God-breathed. And it makes me, I, I think on Deeper Dive, I said to you guys, when I went to a memorial service recently, we stood up during the gospel reading, but didn't sit, stand up for anything else. I mean, but it's all God-breathed, you know? So, you know, honor God, maybe stand up through all of it, but I understand what they're trying to do there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what is God's word? It says, hey, by the way, it's useful. It makes wise for salvation. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. It both builds up and tears down, you know, and we got to be in the word. And with that, it goes right into chapter four, where he's Mm going to tell them, hey, preach the word in season and out of season. Mm -hmm. So does that mean football season, hockey season? You know, (laughs) so it does feel like off season. I can't wait for some (laughs) football and hockey. But but be ready to preach it. because the time will come where people won't put up with sound doctrine. I mean, is that not where we are now, Brooks? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people just aren't putting up with sound doctrine. It's it's really, really sad. And it even says a great number of teachers will emerge to say what itching ears want to hear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just feel like, man, that's again today. I mean, mm-hmm. there's uh, sadly, there's uh, people uh, that will preach what, people want to hear and mm-hmm. instead of preaching truth instead of rebuking correcting training and righteousness they're just giving pablum ted uh, talks tiktok ted talks yeah <laughs> just like little uh energy pills uh, of of sugar but mm-hmm. uh um lots of attaboys a lot of attaboys <laughs> and you know anyway but you know that that's uh it's interesting is is god has said hey you want to live a godly life you'll be persecuted you want to preach a sound message uh they won't necessarily want it mm-hmm. and so and we think that's true. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even at the end of this, is Second Timothy wraps up Paul's life. And he's going to say, hey, I fought the good fight. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've kept the faith. And uh, there's a crown that I'm about ready to receive. And uh, uh, I'm heading home. So that's kind of the last words that we have of, of Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, before we don't have, we, we, we were told in, you know, extra biblical narrative that he's going to be crucified but uh, and killed. But mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, and then Titus one. The only thing I, anything else you want to say about Second Timothy? No, I skipped a lot of big a big section of it because I was excited about Titus. So okay, well you go. You, <laughs> no, you're fine. Go go. I ahead. was just gonna say, you know, I have I, Titus one really kind of mirrors First Timothy three of just again the importance of godly leadership and elders and deacons and qualifications and you know uh, setting things up, which is which is so important. Mm-hmm. Titus was a book I probably hadn't read before last year, and I read it last year and was very excited about it. I think Titus three was was oh, very Titus good. Titus three is so rocks. I'm excited to talk about that yeah, next week. Titus three rocks. But hey. Titus one kind of talks about a lot of the same things that we just covered in First and Second Timothy, as far as the overseers and God stewards and uh, people in the church. It, it kind of mirrors that a little bit. But you know, you know what's interesting out of Titus one. Uh, which uh, and so let's look at Titus one verse twelve. This is this is uh, uh, let's start off with ten. For there are many rebellious people, full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcised group. So those are Jewish folks. They got some terrible, meaningless talk going on. They must be silenced because they are disrupting whole households by teaching things that ought not to teach, and that for the sake of dishonest gain. So here's here's what I wanted to get to. Verse 12, one of Crete's own prophets has said uh, it. Cretans from Crete are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. And I love what Paul says in verse 13. This saying is true. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to me, 
I, I have that reaction. I kind of laugh. So he takes the poets of the day and say, man, these Cretans, man, they're talking about a bunch of evil, brute liars, uh, lazy, daggum gluttons. And, you know, what do we just read? All of God's word is God-breathed, mm-hmm. useful. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're calling all of Cretans lazy, you know, <laughs> These people are saying that these guys are, you know, brutes and gluttons and everything. Yeah. That's facts. That's, that's facts right way, there. True. Check, Very check. true. Yeah. So, <laughs> therefore, kind of, rebuke them sharply. <laughs> it just kind of cracks me up. Like, Paul, how can you say inspired by the Holy Spirit? Yeah, they're right. They, they nailed it. That kind of summed up the Cretans. Let's hear for the Cretans. Hip, hip, a boo. They stink. <laughs> but, you know, hey... All of us have fallen short of God's glory. So, anyway. Yep, exactly. And so Titus is a short little book there, but it's a, it's a great one. Yeah. We have yeah, a couple yeah. a couple back-to-back with Philemon and uh, mm-hmm. Titus and, and a couple short epistles in there. Well, let me say, Titus 3 is awesome. So is Titus 2. We're going to talk about some cool appearance. Mm-hmm. But let's... Uh, right, so, listen, what your appetite. Read Titus 2 and 3 for next week. It's awesome stuff. Um, and then there we're like Proverbs 12, 15 through 14. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I, I had a couple of thoughts, and, and it's more of like there seems to be a consistent drumbeat that we should listen to advice and take a rebuke and mm-hmm. really to be humble. I think of an arrogant person can't listen to advice. He uh, will be defensive. He won't uh, take a rebuke. But, you know, there's something about humility of mm-hmm. just listening. You know, and we're all sinners that need to be shaped. And I, I kind of got that out of 12. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of like you read them again one verse is kind of a singular thought, like quick hitters. And then in uh, 12, 19, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. And it's a lot of just like no doy stuff, but yeah. good reminders. It's so, it's, it's so good. And you're right. It's like one hitters. It just kind of... Uh, Anxiety it, it, in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the truth? I mean, can you picture anxiety weighing you down and then, uh, but you know, just getting that good word? It's so true. And, you know, I, I got an overarching theme of like 13 to me. I keep on hearing guard your lips and with many words comes sin. And I'm just thinking, man, that's that's me. Somebody who talks as much as I do, uh, who usually I'm, I, I kind of like Peter in the Bible. You know, we talk and then we think. And, uh, and it makes me realize, you know, guard your lips. And mm-hmm. I, I've had to learn that the hard way, Brooks. I mean, there's been there's been times where I've shared things I shouldn't. There's been times where I've just kind of been cavalier, uh, you know, with my words. And, um, you know, I think uh, that's something I got to continue to work on. Mm-hmm. And then 14, I feel like, hits on just avoid being with the fools or the folly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> if you find yourself in those circumstances, you know, fools mock at the guilt offering, but the upright enjoy acceptance. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its and end is the way of to, or to is death. the way to death. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's a wise me. You think you're wise, but it's not going to be there. And even at the beginning of fourteen, I think it's like whoever fears the Lord, you know, that's that's he's going to walk upright. That's mm-hmm. the blessing of just fearing the Lord, as you said, evil, avoiding evil. Uh, he will tell us that the uh, the, the evil will perish, uh, they will lose, and the righteous will prevail. Sometimes you forget that, you know, it just feels like, oh man, are we on the winning team or losing team? But, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to just jump back and say, don't forget to, don't spare the rod in 13 to the child. Mm-hmm. I think we live in a time where kids, you know, kind of run the uh, roost. And I see that my wife being a, a, a preschool teacher of the kids are oftentimes just not disciplined and Allie in fifth grade teaching, you know, it's just like, hey, scripture says, we are loving parents when we discipline our children. We set boundaries as a loving, good thing. So, mm-hmm. 
Um, and then also in there, the teaching of the wise is the fountain of life. And mm-hmm. so, Josh, let's just get by the fountain. Lots of, lots of good quick hitters in there. Yeah, yeah, they really are. They're fantastic. Doubles up the middle. Yes. Every once in a while and inside the parker. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, all right, then we wrap up Nehemiah. And, and again, I kind of got some big blocks of Nehemiah. I don't mm-hmm. know how you want to take this. But no, go for it. Remember, in chapter 8, Nehemiah gets up and he stands up on a platform and he reads the law. And so what happens when you hear the law, when it's preached to you and you listen and chapter nine, they confess their sin. And that's uh, exactly what happened. It tells us, I love it, for a quarter of the day, they read the law. For the quarter of the day, they confessed their sins and worshiped. They cried out to God. And again, it just kind of, kind of goes into redemptive history of what God has done and uh, uh, what God has done for them. It's kind of a long uh, chapter. But if after you read the law and confess your sin, you get to chapter 10, you make a covenant, you make a promise to God. And so we're going to, we're going to, straighten up you've given us a promise we want to we we know that we've messed up in the past uh, oh god we promise to try to follow you and chapter 11 is like okay you know the walls being rebuilt the temples there jerusalem doesn't look very good but we got to move back in we we got to move back into your promises and we got to move back in and trust you and um you know we've been in exile and now your grace has been extended to us and then chapter 12 is like Hey, let's get let's get the people in, in like the leaders, like the priests and the Levites to make sure that they could take care of the temple and do those things. So we are honoring to you. And and then uh, in chapter 13 are like these final reforms. But what you and I said, Ezra, uh, 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 Nehemiah, I should say, keeps saying, hey, remember me. Remember mm-hmm. me, Lord. Remember. I mean, throughout the book, that's one of the things that he says, and he really ends with it. Remember me. Remember the good things that I've done. Remember how I've honored you. Remember how I've been faithful. And it kind of strikes me as odd. I think that, uh, you know, living on this side of the cross, Brooks, living on, I don't want them to remember me. I, don't, <laughs> I just want them to remember Jesus. You know, I stand before, hey, remember Jesus. <laughs> remember, you know, I'm a knucklehead. Remember Jesus. He lived the perfect life. Remember Jesus. He died for me. Remember Jesus. He was resurrected. Instead of saying, remember me. I think the Puritans say something like in, in the Valley of Vision, why would I want to commend my own dunghill? You know, why would I want to say, hey, remember the filthy rags? I mean, remember, you know, um, uh, remember Jesus, don't mm-hmm. remember me. There's, you said dunghill, so there's a funny Sturgill song you guys should get listened to. You can have the crown. I won't say the lyrics on here, but okay. it's, 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 a fun, it's a fun chorus. But yeah, and, and 13 there as he wraps up, remember, remember me, oh my God, concerning this, and do not wipe out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for his service. And then kind of going down, remember this also in my favor, oh my God, and spare me according to the greatness of your steadfast love. Yeah. Like you said, continuously saying, remember me. I love at the end of that. Thanks for reading because I think at the end he does say, spare me according to your steadfast love. And that steadfast love is one of my favorite Hebrew words. It's mm-hmm. hesed. It's covenant faithfulness. It's like, spare me according to your promises, not mine. Mm-hmm. Your deeds, not mine. So that's that's good, Brooksy. Thank you for bringing us back there because I think that's got to be our bottom hope. And, and back in 9, it was one of those, and it happens a few times throughout the Old Testament. It's kind of like a summary up until oh, yeah. this point oh, yeah. like Stephen did one a few books back and there was a couple other instances yeah. of like it basically gives the oral history of yeah. Israel up until that it's, point exactly. and just says like you got us out of Egypt we crossed the Red Sea we yeah. were still idiots and just yeah. keeps kind of going and yeah. it's like you've still stayed with us through this whole time it's you how know it how important is the story it's a great point because as you said Stephen says it in Acts 7 and then throughout the Psalms you know you read it you know mm-hmm. I, I'm just 
I just read through Psalm 76, and that's like a, um, redemptive history. Mm-hmm. Might be 78, but it's just like the whole story. And I think it's important to rehearse the story. Mm-hmm. And it's a report. And for us to even know, okay, there's creation, fall, redemption, and consummation. Maybe help us see the big story in bookmarks to mm-hmm. kind of see where we are. And yeah, in the yeah. middle there, and I highlighted it. Um, it was talking about when they were in the desert. But you are God, ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and did not forsake them. And that's obviously something you read all through the Psalms and all through Scripture as a whole. Yeah, and that's exactly right. That's who God, how God revealed Himself to Moses in Exodus. You know, I'm the Lord your God. I'm slow to anger. You know, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And um, but who will hold the guilty responsible. So that's covenant, beautiful language of God describing who he is. So, mm-hmm. uh, good pickup, Brooksy. You'll see it, see it all through scripture. And the more yeah. you read it, you'll pick up on, on and see a yeah. lot of those same things. Yeah, and you know, there's that one overarching story, narrative of a God who loves, a God who provides, a God who's faithful in the midst of our frailty and brokenness. Yeah, which is awesome. So here we are again, we look at this whole thing and overarching just uh, how has Christ solved this puzzle and how is he the hope of all of these things mm-hmm. that's emerged. So that's good stuff. You got anything else? It's hot up here. Oh uh, yeah, I'll turn the air conditioning <laughs> on. It is hot up here. It's, it's, uh, we turn the air conditioning off when we're up here so you don't have to hear it on... Uh, you don't have to hear a fan buzzing or anything like that. We yeah, exactly. We, we, we want, yeah, we show up in hurricanes. We want good sound quality for you guys. Exactly. It's 100% humidity and I'm sweating <laughs> through my shirt right yep. now. It's gross. <laughs> You're going to show up to your next meeting all sweaty. I know. It's terrible. So uh, not good. Um, but it, so let's just say... Uh, Come to church Sunday. It's Labor Day. Uh, let's have communion together. A lot of things are happening for a fall, and we need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the air conditioning on, Brooks. Yes, let's go. Yes. We'll see you guys Sunday. <laughs> Blessings, everybody.